Good afternoon, and welcome to Life Grooves. This is the show where we explore Philadelphians' lives through their favorite music. I'm your host, Suzanne B. Miller, and you're listening to Germantown Community Radio on 92.9 FM, WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and on gtownradio.com. Thanks again for joining me this hour. My guest today is Deborah Wolf Goldstein. She's an environmental lawyer here in Mount Airy, co-founder of the Philadelphia Environmental Film Festival, and she's a songwriter, as you're going to hear later in the hour. So, Deborah, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really thrilled and flattered to be here. Oh. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. I, I um, We were talking a little bit before. I love y- your choice of songs. It's is eclectic and fun, and I feel like we should get right into it with your, with, uh, your first song on your list, and it's the debut of Joni Mitchell on the show, who's one of my favorite singers of all time. So why is this song on your list, and why was it first on your list? I guess I, when I was compiling my list of eight songs, mm-hmm. I went a bit chronologically through my life, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, what were the most powerful songs that I listened to as a child, and then kind of ending up in today with number eight? Um, and the very first song that I was looking for actually isn't available on Spotify. Oh, no. It was uh, Tommy Makem and the Clancy Brothers. <gasps> and they sang a song that my brother and I used to listen to called Are You Ready for a War? Oh. And uh, one set of singers talk about, we are the Irish. Yes, we are ready for a war because we are the Irish. <laughs> and then the next line is, we are the English and we've lost a leg. And then the next one is, we've lost an eye, but we're ready for the war. We're the Irish. And my brother and I used to hop around the house imitating that, not realizing that we were really being influenced by the message of the yeah. anti-war message of the song. And I wanted to start with that, but it wasn't available. So I we got to get the pivoted. Clancy Brothers onto <laughs> Spotify. Have you? Ever, I've seen them in concert, actually, and they're kind of amazing. This was... Year, you know, sort of decades ago, but um, yeah, they've got to get to into the modern times. Well, to I work I, on that. I think I developed my um, my yen for Irish sweaters and <laughs> for, for listening <laughs> to the Clancy Brothers. Absolutely, nice. But, so I pivoted and found um, the next real in- musical influence, yeah. which um, was a toss up between uh, this Joni Mitchell song that mm-hmm. we're going to listen to and a Little Boxes by Melvina. Uh, Reynolds, mm. uh, which I also loved. And, mm-hmm. and again, looking back, which uh, that song, of course, became uh, the theme song for Weeds mm. many years later, oh, wow. right, uh, Little right, Boxes right, right. on the Hillside, which was uh, essentially an anti-development song, mm-hmm. uh, as is uh, Big Yellow Taxi, yeah. which we're going to hear now. Right. I thought that was so interesting, this like early influence into your environmentalism, maybe. Is I, that how you heard it when you were a young person, or did you hear it for, differently? I, it's hard to know. Um, I, well, I grew up in central Pennsylvania in a, a farm community. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a college there, Dickinson College. Oh, sure. There. My father was a college professor there. And uh, in the 70s when I was growing up, it w- went from being a farming community outside the core of the little town, mm-hmm. uh, dairy farms, and it became very suburban mm. development, a lot of tract housing. So that radicalized me a little bit. And I'd like to think that the seeds of my um, love for um, the environment and mm-hmm. you know tree hugger kind of uh, label that sometimes has been put on me was um, started by this, by this song, which um, I think really shows the power of music to bypass the the brain and go mm-hmm. right to the heart mm-hmm. and what I love about this particular song is she mixes the political with 
the personal, because yeah. the final verse, of course, goes to the the personal about right. uh, thinking about what you've lost. Yeah, and that's and it's uh, the, that Joni Mitchell sort of vibe too. This sort of you know the cool California, but she's really Canadian, and she she does have the both the political side and then the really deeply personal side of her music. Um, and somehow she makes it all work in such an effortless way. Um, yeah, she's such she's, a brilliant musician and songwriter, and uh, she is real inspiration. Well, I'm 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 so excited. She's finally on the show. Uh, so this is um, the first song, um, "Big Yellow Taxi" from the Ladies of the Canyon album, which came out in 1970. And um, let's take a listen. great song that laugh at the end just gets me every time it makes you want to laugh yourself yeah yeah exactly so thank you for kicking it off that way I'm curious you know you you talked as part of the intro to this song about sort of the musical influences when you were young was was music part of your growing up was it in your house a lot as you were yes Uh, I'd say my parents influenced me by exposing me to a lot of world music, a lot of Irish music. Uh, I mentioned I grew up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and they dragged me to every single musical 
act and concert that happened at the college mm-hmm. uh, oh, against oh, that my must will. been great though all the college bands coming through bands wow. and different uh, I remember seeing Ravi Shankar oh, wow. play the sitar and most of the people who came through were kind of on the maybe the beginning of their career yeah. or the tail end but they were yeah. still really high quality and uh, very musically rich uh, upbringing and seeing it in a really intimate setting too I imagine absolutely and then I also took years of piano lessons okay. uh, classical piano mm. um, and uh, I think the next song we're going to hear I was going to say that's a great song that. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, played the oboe uh, not particularly well but I played the oboe in the high school orchestra uh, my brother played the bassoon, oh, wow. and we would sometimes play little duets while our dog howled because <laughs> right. the, the the frequency was really hard on her little ears. I yeah, it's hard to imagine a, the oboe and bassoon playing <laughs> together. What kind of music was was yeah. being played? It's you don't hear uh, that much because it, it's not really lovely to listen to. But uh, but there you so, are. Yeah, but so a love of classical music mm-hmm. definitely. A lot of uh, classical playing uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I, again, I think that classical music bypasses the brain. It goes right to the heart. Mm-hmm. It's a universal language. Uh, you can hear a piece, like the next piece we're going to hear, the Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I would venture to say people of most cultures, if not all cultures, would feel something similar. The mm-hmm. music inspires uh, whatever the piece is. It's a, it's a common language without words. Yeah. So what, but why don't we talk about the next piece? Um, as you said, it is a, it's a Beethoven piano sonata. Um, tell us, tell us about this piece and why, why you put it in on your top eight list. Um, this is a song that I played, um, uh, I I played actually, it's a sonata in in three movements. We're going to listen to, I think the third movement, the Rondo, uh, Allegro. And, um, I had nightmares about this for years afterwards because I had to play it for a recital, all three movements, and I was not allowed. My piano teacher wouldn't allow us to bring the music, wow. um, and it just, I, I was not really uh, very good at memorizing things, but that was her rule. She was mm-hmm. a very strict uh, German, old old German teacher who, mm-hmm. I, in my memory, she would wrap my knuckles with a ruler. I don't think that actually happened, but I... <laughs> you, dream, you dreamed about it. <laughs> They're nightmares. Nightmares. But uh, the reality is years later, years and years later, I can still play this this wow. piece after having not touched the piano for years. I kind of put piano aside and mm-hmm. a decade went past and I sat down with the music in front of me and I was mm. able to play it. So mm. it just, you know, that those early hours of practicing. And um, when I was growing up, we had an old junky piano in our rec room in the basement, mm-hmm. musty um, uh ping pong table down there and a piano squeezed in and then when I got good enough on the piano my parents let me come up out of the basement and we had a mid-level piano in the dining room so then I could start playing on that that. so I graduated well yeah was there like an an official ceremony (laughs) that announced you're you're moving up the stairs at at some point I just remember they opened the door and I was allowed to start practicing upstairs that's awesome I I was in high school I was the this is so goofy I 
I don't know, maybe I'll admit this. I was the president of this little club called the Junior Musical Arts Society. Nice. And that was my first experience, kind of like chairing a little meeting. And and uh, we, we all played. We'd get together and uh, we would, a bunch of music nerds, I guess, play classical pieces on our various instruments at That's each meeting. That's so great. That's <laughs> real. I love that. And you do. And so you still play piano today? Or are you, yeah, not, you well, not as much as you want? I'd say years go past without me even sitting down at the piano but something will come over me and I'll just say oh, I need to play I just uh two nights ago I was playing um uh the, as time goes by oh. because I, I think mm-hmm. I heard a reference to it and I thought oh, I used to know that and I dug out the, the sheet music and I sat at the piano and played it and was... does that take you somewhere different I mean you did when you sit down in that physical act of playing, is it different for you when you're playing a piece versus just listening to it? It's, I'm completely in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm completely focused, uh, like anyone would be on, you know, you're in, I guess the phrase is flow. Mm-hmm. You have to really focus on it. And it's uh, a really interesting mixture, I guess, um, for all instruments of, it's the brain, it's the heart, and it's the mechanics of moving mm-hmm. your, your in this case, my fingers. So it's physical too. So it's the melding of all those worlds. In, in one moment. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to this. Um, it is a an old uh, compo- composition from 1798, I think, or 1799. Mm-hmm. And I did read that Beethoven was 27 years old when he wrote this. And um, we are going to listen again to the piano sonato number eight, uh, the third movement of it. Here we go. And and as you're listening, just imagine Deborah's gold, <laughs> Deborah's fingers flying across the piano because it did. Well, you'll hear what I mean in a minute. Well, I'm, I may have played it a bit slower okay. than, than this recording. Okay. <laughs>
the emotion that's conveyed in in one just one person playing one instrument. It's an, it's a, a really wonderful song. So thank you for introducing that to the listeners. Have you had Beethoven on your show before? Uh, I don't believe so. We've had some opera and we've had other composers, but I'll have to I have to check that. Um, we oh we had Mahler. I'm looking back in my notes. We had a Mahler piece, but not. I don't think. That, I think this is our now our first Beethoven. Okay, so, then. yay us! <laughs> You're introducing lots of new musicians to life groups, Deborah. Thank but you. I'll bet the next one is a recurring theme. I think we have had the Neil Young. Um, so, yeah, Neil Young. Another cla- This is just a classic song from the late '60s, uh, "Cinnamon Girl." So, why is this on your list? I love this song because it's so mysterious. The <laughs> lyrics are longing and love, and they're uh, on top of these power chords. Mm-hmm. His backing band, Crazy Horse, is playing these loud riffs, and and um, so it's it's just an interesting, tender song with with loud guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had read that he wrote this song. Uh, and Down by the River and um, Cowgirl in the Sand all in the same afternoon. Mm. He was sick with a 103-degree oh. fever. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and uh, so really, that was a good day. That's an inspiration. If you, next time your child has a high temperature, just go write some music. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, well, this is a classic. It, it's his, um, I guess, his second album. Um, I read that. Uh, and his first al- album actually with Crazy Horse, which who sort of, they became... Um, you know, sort of, you know, uh, joined at the hips almost. I mean, you can't imagine Neil Young without Crazy Horse in some ways. Um, and this song is, I mean, in this album, um, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere, is this the title of the album. There's an, there's an amazing assortment of music on this, on this album, and I think sort of really landed him as someone to take notice of. So, but why for you? I mean, you talked about the mystery of it. Was it that and then the... Just the the music itself that resonated with you. I mean, Neil Young is is a master um, uh, as a guitar player. I think his tuning is interesting in this. He does something called a double drop D tuning, where he drops hmm. the E, the low E, and the high E down to D. So it gives it an interesting uh, twang, oh, um, guitar wise. And um, I think the title is so evocative. Like yeah, Cinnamon Girl. Uh, those are probably two words that weren't put together before, mm-hmm. but you instantly have this image. And is that we, we don't know, is he referring to the color of her skin? Mm-hmm. Is he talking about her spicy personality? Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. Uh, I love the title okay. and uh, the lyrics and the, and the music. And, the music. and, and Neil Young. Uh, and Neil Young, is, he is. All right, well, with that, here is Neil Young and Crazy Horse singing Cinnamon Girl. Of my life. 
Those those initial chords, it's just you hear that and you just know exactly what's about to happen to you. <laughs> well put, <laughs> really, really great. And the next song too is, you know, one of those classic songs where I think um, I don't, it transports you back to maybe another time or a different. So and it, and and it's also sort of a mysterious song. Uh, where you don't really, I, I actually, well, maybe you know, but I certainly don't know what the title re- actually is sort of referring to. Um, and that the song, we should say, is Low Spark of High Heeled Boys by Traffic. So, so I remember very distinctly spending a big chunk of my, I want to say, sophomore year of college listening to this album, mm-hmm. which the album was called Low Spark of High Heeled Boys by Traffic. came mm-hmm. out in 71. I didn't go to college till you know, a about a decade later, mm-hmm. but I guess I was a little slow in picking this up. But this was, first of all, it's a beautiful album cover mm-hmm. uh, back when we used to, you know, the, val- the right. vinyl days. So I still have all my, my vinyl record collection. It's actually pretty funny. My son oh, has rediscovered great. vinyl. I have yeah. a college, son who just graduated from college, and he's asked to have all my albums, which I've saved for all these years, taking wow. up room in my living room for no reason. And now all of a sudden, they're going to go he on to the some? next generation. Oh, that's great. But this one is a die-cut album. It's kind of a strangely shaped uh, with a really interesting kind of like Escher print cover. Mm. And um, the the song, I, I just remember having the headphones on, listening mm-hmm. to it, kind of comes in one ear, out the other. Uh, Stevie Winwood is singing on it, playing mm-hmm. guitar. Um, and uh, it's interesting musically, I think, because it has it's, uh, jazz fusion, there's progressive rock, there's mm-hmm. uh, interesting mm-hmm. uh, mixture, not just straight up rock and roll. Uh, on this uh, it's 11 minutes long it I'm is sure you're not, gonna have to right but unfortunately <laughs> we can't play it all but we will we'll get to a, a lot of it uh the, this one was a toss-up for me i knew i wanted to put a traffic album on, on my list of of faves um but the other one i was thinking about was feeling all right which was uh, uh, a couple years classic, earlier right because i in college I had a breakup with my college boyfriend, and I, I oh. taped that, put it on a little cassette, feeling all right. And I remember walking over to his dorm room and like slipping it under the door, <laughs> you know. So that was like the breakup song, but I didn't want to really want to play that. Uh, yeah. That's great. 
Did he recognize it as your way of purging him when you did that? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't talk to him again for many years. So. <laughs> did I wonder? That's funny. It'll be inter- would be interesting to see what he if he kept that all those years later. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll send him this link and see if yeah. he even remembers who I am. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Well, with that, we do we need to get to this, this great song, and and I want to just remind listeners um, that you are listening to Life Grooves on Germantown Community Radio, ninety two point nine FM WGGTLP Philadelphia, and on gtownradio.com. I'm your host Suzanne B Miller, and my great guest today is Deborah Wolf Goldstein, and we are listening to her favorite songs and talking about why they're her favorite songs. So with that. We are going to jump into Traffic's Low Spark of High Heeled Boys. Um, given the length of the song, we're going to start it a little into it, and we won't follow it all the way to the end, but we're going to hear a good chunk of it. And here we go. Shooting up out of the ground And your head is spinning 
listen to it a little bit in the background while we keep talking. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we can't get to all 11 minutes of it, unfortunately. But it's it's a great song. I'm sure it was like American Pie where the DJs would go out and have their lunch <laughs> while they put the song right. on. That's why they played it so often. The original FM stations like, get everybody a break. Um, we're going to uh, kind of switch gears a little bit to get a little bit, uh, you know, back to a rock song um, and enter the 80s. It's funny, uh, you are like other people who've been on the show where the 80s kind of get forgotten a little bit and yet um, you've got two amazing songs from the 80s on your list and um, and this is one of them, a Rolling Stones song, She's So Cold from, from Emotional Rescue. So why is this song on your list? Well, I had to have... Rolling Stones on the list somewhere, and this was a hard one pulling uh, among the various choices. I love some girls. I love actually. I was when I was in college, um, I was stuck during a snowstorm with um, a friend uh, in in the house. There were only two albums. We were there like for three days. There was the uh, Some Girls album, Some Girls, and the Pretenders. Oh come on! And we listened to it like a hundred times. I know every song in that, so I'm still in shock from that. I I couldn't put that on. Where where was this? Stock, New York. Oh my gosh. And so Blizzard hit and you were stuck in a house. With two albums. And did you have food or did that not matter? I don't remember. I was was young. (laughs) I I probably had a bottle of red wine. And And, and two albums. Okay. (laughs) But this is not that. This, um, you know, just the danceability of this, Mm -hmm. um, the energy of it is uh, something you can listen to while you're getting ready to go out at the night, you know, back in the day. And, uh, uh, I wanted to uh, put a Stones album on. Uh, this one uh, got played. I actually saw the Stones in Rotterdam in 1982. Oh, I, wow. I had just come off of a, a year abroad. Okay. I was living in Italy, and my aunt came to visit. My older, my aunt's about 16 years older than I am. She's like my big sister. She showed up with two tickets to see the Stones in Rotterdam, an wow. outdoor amphitheater. And they played, they were doing this tour, okay. emotional rescue right. tour. Um, and... Uh, I don't remember much about it, but I came home with a T-shirt from that tour, and I you know cut the sleeves off, a black T-shirt with the big you know lips on it, right. the, the Stones lips, and I had it up in my attic. and I wore it occasionally to music festivals and everything, but I had it up in my attic in this special drawer that I keep all my music festival stuff there tucked away. And one uh, day, my daughter discovered that drawer. She came downstairs Uh-oh. with all this gear, and you know she had this T-shirt. She goes, "I love this thing. It's, can I wear this? Can I have it?" And I was like, "No, hands off. Right. You know, <laughs> that is not a reissue. That is the original thing. It probably still smells like you know." Know, like Dutch uh, beer or whatever right. we were doing there, and uh, so it's a good memory. So she, so you were able to rest it out of her hands, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> she got some, she got some other things. She right. got some of the, uh, the the leather mini skirt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately for my kids, I think the, like what's in my closet are these awful Laura Ashley dresses that they they're like you wore this. This is the worst dress I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, uh, I was going through my closet recently. I have things like that. And uh, my daughter said, you must throw this away or donate it to career wardrobe. And then, But she kept one of them to wear as a, as a Halloween costume. Right. It's that bad. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The big shoulder. Thanks, era. kids. They, they know how to, how to put a stake in our hearts, don't they? <laughs> but, okay, but we, we, we digress. Um, we need to listen to She's So Cold by the Rolling Stones, 1980s album Emotional Rescue. 
a toe tapper. <laughs> Get up out of your chair. <laughs> We're both sitting here kind of swiveling in right. our swiveling getting chair. Our, getting our steps in while we're still sitting behind the microphones. Uh, okay, but we, we must move on because uh, I keep looking at the clock, the five, five o'clock hour is not fast approaching, but it is approaching. And the next song uh, really shifts gears, maybe going from fifth or fourth down to second and a really spare song, um, beautiful song by Gillian Welch. And, and I'd love to hear you talk about why it's on your list. So uh, Americana was something that I um, came to after my love of rock and roll and just absolutely love the sound of uh, bluegrass and banjo and mandolin. And, and this song, I think, is, is, like you said, very spare. It's haunting. It's called Annabelle by Gillian Welch. Now we're up to the 90s. Yeah, we are. So she's a modern. <laughs> it has a very uh, throwback sound to it. It mm-hmm. sounds like a Depression era um, song, but it's an original. It's uh, modern. She's a modern songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sings uh, with her husband David Rawlings, who um, plays the guitar. She, I think she might be playing the banjo on this one. I don't know okay. which uh, version you have. Uh, so it has an Appalachian feel, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. She's able to really channel the songs of of the hills yeah. uh, of a certain era and um, modernize them. And I really think she led the way. Uh, this is my own theory for even more modern bands like the Lumineers or mm-hmm. a, a, a modern bands that have kind of a retro sound, mm-hmm. bluegrass sound to them. Like she's the link between mm-hmm. the original and and you know, today's uh, young bands that are playing this kind of music. Yeah. And it's a it's a lovely song, a sad it song. Is. It is sad, and and about a, a mother talking about her her daughter Annabelle in the song or at least a few verses about it you know it's funny okay. i always heard it as a, a father singing but oh, i think but oh it's ambiguous maybe because yeah, yeah, yeah. she is singing i think it, i was so singing by the right that's mother. right but yeah no the father that makes sense too and that i love there was a line in the song that said i tried to give her something like i never had and i that seems like such a universal feeling about the parents have for their children and i loved that when i listened to the song hearing that there are a lot of beautiful lines, and I think you're mm-hmm. left with that, that sad feeling, but also feeling like you just have to endure mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's listen to Jillian Welch singing Annabelle. Um, the album is Revival from 1996. <laughs>
But I'm dead and buried I'll take a hard line of tears From every day I've ever known And as in the churchyard She got no life at all She only got these words on the stone lovely just simple and yet so much in it yeah so magical yeah and i never heard it before so thank oh. you yeah it oh. was a nice gift to get on a friday afternoon thank so, you i'm yeah. glad to introduce you to that song yeah i'm i'm, I'm grateful and i'm grateful for the next song um uh, because it's some it actually is a song that you wrote and uh, until you submitted this list to me, I had no idea that you wrote songs and wrote such beautiful songs. So please explain how this song came to be <laughs> and the recording of it. And every, I'm just, I, I know everybody will be curious how this happened. Well, and you're, you're, thank you. It's kind of thrilling to have this song pl play in a few minutes on, on the, the radio. Um, so I always wrote poetry and I had articles, travel articles pu published in the newspaper and that kind of thing. But um, a couple years ago, um, when I was schlepping my son around to guitar lessons, he was like a, a preteen at the time. And I would be sitting there while he would have his lesson thinking, oh, why didn't I... Why didn't I take guitar lessons? Mm -hmm. I wish I had done it. And at a certain point, he dropped out from playing lessons, and I took his slot. Oh. I just thought, hey, I could still learn. And so I played, started playing guitar and uh, a little bit, uh, not well. And from that, then I started taking the, the writing that I'd been doing and turned them into song lyrics. Wow. And just kind of had fun with that, just mm -hmm. my own, on my own uh, creative outlet. And I entered a competition. Uh, that it's called American Songwriter uh, is a magazine, hmm. and they have online, and but they have a, a monthly magazine. I entered their lyric contest a couple years ago uh, with a song that I wrote called She May Never See Paris. Oh. And I won first place. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so somewhere, you know, in the deep, dark depths of uh, the magazine, it was like three or four years ago, uh, there's an interview, interview with me with a picture and, you know, the whole that's like two-page spread. And I won a guitar. I won a really nice guitar. I'd been using like a $200 guitar, which was perfectly fine. Right, but this right. was a uh, Gibson, a, real, wow. a really nice Gibson. It was a uh, LG2 American Eagles, a remake of the original one that was from the 40s. 
And uh, then I actually met somebody who was selling the original LG2, which I bought, and it's named Esmeralda. Okay. <laughs> he named his guitar, and I kept the name of it uh, out of respect. It's a beautiful, beautiful guitar. So I've been uh, writing songs ever since, and sometimes it just feels like uh, this is maybe a cliche, but it does feel like the song is out there, and mm-hmm. I just have to be open, receptive, and, and grab it. And um, a lot of the songs are... I tried to write first, you know, the kind of stuff you'd hear on the radio, like mm-hmm. a twenty-something in a truck and mm-hmm. you know at a bar, mm-hmm. and like, no, that's that's not uh, my world today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I write songs about what's meaningful to me, and and this one's called Yard Sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not me singing on this one. I do I do sing, but in this recording, it's somebody else. It's uh, a studio down in Nashville made this. Mm. Um, I wrote the words and the music, and it's uh, about getting older and what yeah. that feels like. It's a beautiful song, and I I. I'm, I, I'm just so glad you were willing to share it with, with us because uh, that takes a lot of cut of guts to do that. And, and I'm, I really want, I, I, I just hope you keep doing this. Right. And, um, and so let's listen to it. Uh, again, this is actually a song that Deborah Wolf Goldstein, the guest today on Life Grooves, wrote called Yard Sale. Take a listen. This table's where my kids did their homework After we ate our evening meal One lake on wobbles But twenty-five dollars Is still a really good deal Yes, that's a king-sized oak headboard Bed got too big for me to sleep Ever since my husband died Feels empty on his side I let you have it cheap I appreciate you listening You're so friendly You're looking Sort of let go of 
I was just saying the song makes me cry. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so thank you. So how can your how can listeners hear more of your music? I have about five or six other ones okay. on SoundCloud, so they could um, type in SoundCloud and then my name, Deborah Wolf Goldstein, and okay. some more come up. There's an um, I have a lot more that I want to record and, and put out there. I just wrote one that I really think is powerful about gun violence uh. called Just Another Day, and I really I think I want to um, figure out how to play, you know, get a band together and, and play great. that song locally because it's powerful topic well, you should you should do that because um, you you have a lot of talent and i'm i'm just thrilled you you wanted to share it with us thank you and is that the first time this is that song was on the radio it is yay <laughs> that's even more exciting very exciting thank oh, you thank well, you for that oh it's really my pleasure um we we are coming to the last song and I'm going to, again, remind listeners that they have been listening to Life Grooves on G-Town Radio, uh, Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP in Philadelphia, and gtownradio.com. And I'm your host, Suzanne B. Miller, and we have had an incredible hour of music and talking with Deborah, Deborah Wolf Goldstein. And um, the last song is, is not going to disappoint. Um, but Deborah, before we go, let, I just want to, again, thank you for, for, for being on the show. It's been great. Thank you, Suzanne. I made you laugh. I made you <laughs> cry. <laughs> and you swivel in your chair. I know. We're all, it's, yeah. It's, I'm, anyway, it's, it's always fun doing these shows and fun getting a glimpse into what makes people tick. And I think music, music certainly does that, um, shows a different side to people. So you are no longer environmental lawyer <laughs> and film festival creator, <laughs> Deborah Goldstein. And actually, yeah, talk about the film festival a little bit if you, if you could. Sure. Um, before we do this last song, let me yeah. put in a plug for two things. We have on the September the 27th at the Academy of Natural Sciences, the Philadelphia Environmental Film Festival is presenting the International Ocean Film Tour. So it's a one-night-only screening of six short films, adventure films, really great films about the ocean. Oh, great. Um, and that's at the Academy. And then we have our yearly festival at the beginning of April every year. It's a three-day festival at the Prince Theater. And we bring in great environmental films from all over the world. Yeah. Some of them are animated. Some are documentaries. And, and it's really, it's how many years is it? Are you in now? This will be our third year coming up, and you can find out uh, about us at uh, phillaenvirofilmfest.org. Okay. We have a, a website with all that information on it. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for, thanks for bringing those movies to Philadelphia. They're having, you know, important information, and, but also just visually, just for people to see what's going on in the world. Is get, a, get us out of our little, little corners of, of Philadelphia and... and see what's going on so thanks for doing that for us okay so the last song a john hyatt classic have a little faith in me which came out in 1987 great album bring the family yeah. is the album uh, and the song is have a little faith as you as you said this was a song that i guess was my husband and my anthem when we were courting uh, in the in the late 80s uh jay loves this song also um, and it's just a beautiful song of, of um, trust and faith in the mm -hmm. future. I think um, John Hyatt wrote this song um, uh, right after he was coming out of, uh, he, he had been cut from his label mm -hmm. um, for a drugs and alcohol problem, mm -hmm. and so he saw it as a song of hope, uh, and, and it's a, a love song as well, I think. 
It is and a, a, a really beautiful one. So we will play, play the listeners out on this Friday afternoon with Have a Little Faith in Me by John Hyatt. Have a good weekend, everyone. Yeah.